Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Carly Adair podcast. I'm your host, Carly Adair. I am actually really excited for today's episode because it is going to be digestible, unlike anything that I've ever done before. It is going to be seven steps to becoming a successful freelancer. The reason I am doing this podcast is because starting tomorrow, I am beginning a job at Erewhon. And first of all, this is a way of procrastinating, fighting anxiety, and whatever, but it's also a way for me to kind of reflect on a year of full-time freelancing, which I'm going to give a little bit about my background and then share seven tips. I'm trying to keep this episode around 20 minutes. So if you aren't already following the Carly Dare podcast Instagram, go ahead and do that for just whatever. Honestly, what kind of things should I post on that account? I don't know. I really don't. It's not like I run podcasts, Instagrams for a living, you know? So uh, go do that and then leave a review. If you are finding anything helpful for, you know, your journey from this podcast, go ahead and do that. It's really helpful and it just supports the podcast. You can also go to the anchor and like donate if you want, but no pressure. Um, if you are looking to grow your journey as a freelancer or just find any motivation in starting something you know that's the push we need is really just starting so i really hope this episode helps you let's just jump right in we don't have all day so the reason again why i want to do this is because i've been doing it for a year i'm 22 years old i went to school originally for business Maybe it was political science. Actually, I think I got into USC with a degree in political science. Could be wrong. I wanted to be the president. I was student body president of my high school. I thought I was going to be student body president of the university I went to. So I just thought like naturally I'd be the president of the United States because that's how the world works. So I quickly changed my major. I think I changed it and tried to change it to business, but unfortunately... The business school was super competitive. Why can't I speak today? The business school was super competitive at USC in South Carolina. That's where I went to school. So I didn't, I think I made like a wait list or something. I didn't get in. So I was like, what's the closest thing to marketing? Because that's what I wanted to do in the business school anyways. So I was like, what's the closest thing to marketing? PR. So I was trying to think earlier, like what I even knew about PR, which is public relations, if you don't know before I chose that major I really don't think I knew anything about PR and it's so oddly specific too because the journalism school like nobody was a PR major everybody was like a broadcast journalism which is like news anchors or they were print journalism because they wanted to be reporters or viscom because they were graphic designers like literally there was probably I don't think I was first of all I graduated with a cohort of one I was the only person in my cohort who, who graduated in PR but there was like a decent amount. There's probably like 30, 40 people in my PR classes. But it was just so randomly specific. And honestly, now reflecting and looking at my life, it was such a preparatory thing that I needed for the jobs that I do. But I don't know why I chose it. I think it's because I hated the math part of marketing or of the business school. And I was like, what's the creative side? PR and maybe I want to like blame it on literally every episode I talk about this I want to blame it on sex in the city and say that Samantha Jones was PR but I don't even think I knew that like I don't think I knew anything about PR anyways 
So that's what I did my undergrad in. I did a lot of like marketing internships because I lived in a small town and they just categorize like any communications work as marketing, like at any company. So that's what I did in my undergrad. And I started a business in my undergrad too. Um, And then I went to grad school for strategic communications. During my time in grad school, the pandemic happened. So I was thinking to myself, what am I going to do? I was just like, what am I going to do to make money from home? Because I was so busy with grad school. I moved to a new town. It was Somerville, South Carolina at the time. And I didn't know how to make money. And I was like, should I get a job? I was think I was babysitting. I don't know if I was babysitting yet, but I was just trying to figure my life out. And I remember my mom's boss needed a brochure done. And I knew how to make brochures because I don't know. I just knew how because life. And so I did it and he paid me like 350 bucks for a brochure, like a trifold brochure, $350. So I thought I was rich and literally was over the moon. So I was like, I could actually like start doing this like once a week and make so much money because before that I've only worked like minimum wage jobs I think I thought I was rich because I worked at Athleta and they paid me like 11 25 an hour and that was what paid my rent during that season of life like I just you know was living large 11 25 an hour working at Athleta and I didn't think that like working I probably spent like four to five hours total on the brochure like literally one hour sessions and then he would give me feedback it really wasn't that deep and I don't know. Like it wasn't even like good. (laughs) It was just like their fonts. Like it was their branding. Um, so I don't know that just blew my mind that I could make that much amount of money with that minimum effort. And I was thinking, what was I good at? So I'm just going to go through these seven points and then kind of like explain how I navigate each of these seven points. Everything that I am about to tell you is so skewed for my perspective like everything is my life and I really do feel like if you want to be a freelancer this could help you so much because I am not somebody who grew up wanting to do this type of work I'm not somebody who was nurtured through this type of work I mean I'm so thankful because I've had mentors clients you know instruction throughout this whole journey this year but in no way shape or form did I know anything about it before starting it So I think these tips will be helpful. Like my parents didn't really know anything. I'm a first generation college student. Like I just like didn't know. And I went to school for the communications aspect. So kind of in line with the work that I do, like obviously it helps me so much. But in terms of like the actual work that I do, like graphics and social media and video editing, I didn't go to school for that. I'm going to tell you right now, through the first point, how I learned the skills that I have. So the first point is find what you do best and easiest. The word easiest may scare you. The word easiest may make it seem like you're working not on your passion or something, but let me explain. When I was in middle school and Instagram first came out, it was natural for me to make comic grids for my Instagram feed. I was like Instagram famous for a middle schooler. I had like 5,000 followers, which in 2012, if you had 5,000 followers on Instagram, that was like royalty. I was so famous, let me tell you. And that's where my ego stems from. I'm still coming down from this, age 22. 
So I remember like there was a picture and I would just copy everybody else's. Like it's not like I was original um, with a guy who had like nothing is permanent tattooed on his arm. And then I would do like a comic on the side. I forget what app I used, but I would just say tattoos are permanent with like a crazy face. And then I would go to school the next day and people would be like, oh my God, Carly, like your Instagram famous, you're so quirky online because I was so shy at school. So eventually those all deleted and RIP that Instagram account. Actually, I think it's the same account I have now. Just everybody unfollowed me is the thing. Um, but I, that's probably why I have followers and get like 10 likes is because they're all from middle school, which I can't handle. Anyways, so I literally did that. And um, yeah, like I just naturally gravitated towards social media as like somebody gen z which i feel like a lot of people can relate to and and if you are gen z know how to do instagram social media management youtube video editing if that's like your interest like i highly recommend listening to this episode because that's what i do and this is going to be definitely catered towards that like genre of freelancing but a lot of of these uh pillars or, or concepts the seven concept or whatever they are going to help you just with contracting in general So with this point of like finding what comes natural to you, I then in middle school also used Windows Media Player, I think it was called, to make YouTube videos with my friend Kaden. We would go in the yard and just do quirky stuff with a video camera I had and upload it. It would be to a weird song that was totally copyrighted, like Young, Wild, and Free. Like this is like old YouTube days where like you would use Windows Media Player and just like do all the effects and just do quirky faces like and mouth the words, like iconic YouTube days. And my videos, like, would get, like, not a lot of views, but, like, a lot of views for my small town. Like, they would get, like, 900, 1,000. Like, I remember my brother made one, and it got, like, 4,000. And, like, at the time, like, that was a lot. (laughs) Like, it was a lot. So my family kind of got this reputation of, like, social media. And so I just found a liking to it. Of course, looking back, I'm like, that was nothing. (laughs) But, like, it stemmed this kind of, like, ego and passion for being online, you know? As opposed to my peers, they were so into like Tumblr or just they would make fun of, you know, posting online or they would only use Facebook like and do like truth is and I would not I never did truth is like me and my friends would make fun of truth is like if you did truth is like you were cringy because it was always to like tell a boy you like them like and me and my friends would always be like just tell them you like them. Okay, now we're getting personal back to freelancing. So I developed these skills that I'm doing now as a 22 year old living in LA freelancing as a middle schooler on my Dell computer. I was doing pick monkey. Like I did all that stuff. So also, by the way, if you're listening to this episode, go listen to the one like two episodes ago with Emma McGoldrick because she's an actual freelancer in New York City. She has her own agency and she speaks a lot about resources and like how to have like really good relationships with your clients, how to like uh, figure out the tax situation, like go listen to that one it's much more informative but anyways so that's what I did I learned these skills and now I'm working in them so what I mean by point one find what you're good at like find what comes natural to you because I've always done this and I you know right now in my life is I'm starting another job and you know, trying to figure out in my 20s where I fit in on this planet we call Earth and trying not to compare myself to people who aren't working at grocery stores at age 22. And and I am interviewing for other full-time jobs. It's just so confusing. I promise I'm not a flaky human being. It's just I literally don't know what I want out of life. And I'm trying to have integrity with every choice I make, but it is hard. It is hard. Um. Anyways, so 
what I mean by that is like I always thought I was going to be a singer and so I joined an acapella group in college like became the president of it and so gained responsibility and had to make flyers and do graphics like you know that sort of stuff like came naturally to me like I was like oh like Gen Z like I can do a graphic I can make a flyer and make it cute like that's so easy so I was always doing stuff like that naturally so that's what i mean if you are somebody who makes music and you go home every night and you just make beats and you never use them sell them online 50 bucks a piece you can be rich or you know if you're a photographer and you always take pictures you can sell your pictures online for like stock imagery or to you know brands to use for content like you can find something that you do naturally and make an income off of it that's the point of this point for me it was social media and editing videos because that's what i did for fun creating graphics on like canva or something so easy so that's what i mean by that point uh, the next point is you need clients you know how are you going to make a living if you don't have a project so uh i recommend Finding your client through your close network first, kind of how I first openly spoke about my mom's boss, just like doing small projects on the side. And I didn't make this a point, but I actually fully do not recommend being a full-time freelancer. <laughs> like that is my, if you could get anything from this video, don't do it. Um, I don't know how I did it through grad school. I really don't. And you know what? To each his own. And every other podcast that you'll listen to that's kind of like this will tell you, make sure you have a pillow. You know, save up some money before you quit your day job. They'll tell you all that. Um, unfortunately, I just couldn't make my rent, eat out, you know, be a girl living in LA, just freelancing for a year. Don't ask me how. I feel like that is a special circumstance and it is coming crashing down on me. As of a year, I'm getting a job. But it got me through school and I'm thankful for that. And I think if you're doing it on top of a part-time job, the second point can kind of come easier because something that you'll also hear that's very popular is if you're just starting out, make sure you say yes to every single project for experience or whatever. And I actually really disagree with this and I'll tell you why. I think if you already have a form of income and freelancing is not like your lifeline, um, you shouldn't say yes to a project just for money or practice or skills. And I do think you can learn from everything. And, and I'm not telling you like, yes or no, do what's best for you. You know, trust your gut, say yes to the projects you think you should say yes to. And, and you know, everything's a learning experience. I'm not trying to shut it down, but I am saying if a relationship is, you know, too much or a like project is too much, then don't say yes to it. Or if it's something that like, if you have a specific goal to, you know, do website design or something and you say yes to a project freelancing social media management that's completely out of what you want to do because you want to practice something freelancing just to get a hang of it, then don't say yes. Like, that's what I mean. Like, don't do something completely opposite of what you want to do. And if it is in your field, don't say yes to a client like if you want to get better at graphic design and you say yes to a client who already has logos, who already has branding, who already has illustrations, who all already have icons, like they already have everything and you're just like being their guinea pig or they're like, what is it called? I don't know. Like you're just doing their dirty work and you're just like managing and administering things and don't say yes because you're not going to get better at graphic design. Yes, you're going to learn about the business side. Yes, you're going to learn about client communication. Yes, you're going to learn so many things. And for that, if that is what you're trying to grow in, I do recommend saying yes. But as somebody who 
has been doing this for a year. I'm just saying right now, don't quit your day job and only take on projects that are going to grow you towards your like end goal. Just my advice. Take it or leave it. Okay, point number three. Lock in. Don't take on too many clients. So especially if you already have a job, don't take on a client that you don't have time for because number one, this is all about creativity and it's all about your work ethic. I have been in a spot where I could only do my bare minimum before. And speaking from experience, it's first of all, not fulfilling for you. And second of all, it's not going to grow you because in this industry of contracting, you're not really locked in. Like you could have a contract, which is like the point, but it's not like you are an employee. You know, they could let you go at the end of the contract. They could, you could quit at any time. Like, of course, like it depends on the uh, clause of your contract. Like you could say, I wrote in a contract before, like client must let me know a month in advance if like they no longer want to work with me because you know, that's how I pay my bills and they signed it. And that's like what happened. But um, if you, I was just saying, I think it's so important to, sorry, I had like a little like break, but it's important to just not do your bare minimum work because your reputation matters because you're, you're going to be getting referrals. You want referrals, don't you? Like you don't want to burn bridges. And you know, through this industry, I think it can be really easy to be casual and really easy to just be like, oh yeah, I can do that and not set up a contract or it can be really easy to just be like oh i'll help your friend out i do social media management it's just like make sure you take your work seriously if you begin this because i don't know like you don't want to burn bridges and you want to do your best work so back to the point of like not taking on too many clients is you know it's your job like it's a job like it's a form of income and you want to make sure that you're building up your reputation so if you take on too many clients i'm speaking from personal experience this may not be the case you actually may be responsible and i'm not so (laughs) you know you're not going to be thinking outside the box you're not going to be pitching ideas you're not going to be thinking about how to grow their brand they're not you're not going to be thinking about like you know how can i switch things up and and, you know be better you're not going to have that capacity because you're just going to be so burned out and you know you want to blow your your client away you want to give them something that they're they're not expecting is that's the whole point of doing this is you want to grow in your industry and level up and the only way to do that is to impress with your work and so you want to do your best you want to put your heart and soul behind your projects so if you are spread so thin you're not going to be able to do that and so Number one, that's why I recommend not quitting your day job or night job or whatever you do to make income besides freelancing or contracting until you have that so-called cushion. If it is your full-time income and it is working out how some mysterious way it did for me, um, make sure that you have a good structure, which brings me to my next point is develop a routine so once you're locked in you got a client you're locked in you have a project and now you have to complete the project by deadline um make sure you have a routine and by this i mean a client communication process make sure that you have a start to finish project timeline so it could be like i don't know i've had different relationships like i just think like if somebody just wants one deliverable like you can just have one phone call do the project or one email exchange it really you can do a lot of email people like don't work hard so you can do that and you can just like 
give them the deliverable and all is well and you're off you know it just depends like it depends on how much they're paying you you just want to i guess my point of this point is to establish at the beginning of the relationship what they expect and what you expect so like i said with contracting it's like you're not the employee and you're not like this like submissive I don't know. Like, I think you can be like really respectable and really humble and really like at service for your client because like, you know, you're conducting a service for them. So they're paying you to meet their vision. So as somebody who's being contracted specifically in the field of like graphic design, like you can have a way of doing things, you know, and they're paying you for your skill to do things their way. And, you know, this comes with experience. I feel like I'm not quite there yet at all. But I know that like after a certain amount of, can you hear that? Like you can have certain styles or certain like, like a photographer, for example, it, like you are paying for like their style photography. Like you want them to take your pictures because you like how they take pictures. It, it really depends. And you need to really understand these expectations with your client because it can prevent you from a lot of like, further communication if that makes sense like you want to have open communication you want the line to be open you want to you know have you know good relationship with your client and you want everything to be super open and like feel like they can communicate their whole heart and vision to you um but you don't want to you know have to ask them like before you make a move if that makes sense like you don't want to be like is this okay is this okay and have to do like 100 revisions first of all if a client is asking you to do like more than five revisions that's an issue unless it's like for the president um I don't know like I just think there's a certain and Emma also talks about this in her podcast with me but she as an agency which she is really established like she has three revisions you know that's what you're paying for if you want another revision you have to pay so depending on your contract depending on your experience you know, if you're just starting out, if you're in high school and it's your first project, then do 10 revisions, you know, because it's like the person hiring you probably is hiring you to give you experience, you know, and that's that's kind of what I learned a lot this year is like I was growing through, you know, that in turn saying yes to everything phase to having a year experience doing this and, you know, I'm at different levels with everything. For example, social media, I learned from like all my clients who are influencers really specifically like they are so much better at social media than I will ever be because they've been in this game for so long you know what I mean so it's like I'm learning from them like I don't have the smarts they do so when it comes to that like you have to humble yourself and like take their advice because you don't know better but yeah I guess what I mean by this whole point is like everything kind of depends and you just want to make sure it's communicated because for example I've had friends of mine be like can you manage this account social media wise and it's just like a random project they start and I'm like of course I can run it I know a lot more than they do when it comes to social media so I can kind of like be like this is what you need you need this I'll give you the analytics by this day like let's lay things out like I have kind of like the dominance in the relationship as opposed to a person who was like paying me a high amount to be contracted for a project like for example if they wanted you know the brochure guy like he had a vision in mind he just needed the project to be executed by somebody so he was like can you execute this and I said I'll do it to my best ability and so I did it was with their branding manual whatever 
So it just depends. And, you know, you're going to have projects with different levels of creativity. And I think asking what the client wants, especially in this field of like visual, is really helpful. So enough on that. I'm going to recommend some resources for the next point because I'm not the best at it. Like literally last April was like, how do I do ta uh, taxes to like all my clients? Like I don't know what to do. Like I'm literally like, I don't know. I just don't know anything. So don't take all my advice from this. And I know they're going to start taxing PayPal and Venmo, which I can't handle. Um, but make sure that you, first of all, if you are doing like a really high paid project, like I was going to do this campaign for a hospital and if that follows through like i'm gonna need a deposit you know what i mean like you can kind of like price yourself how you think it is worth i don't know guys it is literally so up to you that's the thing like you can literally make up your own rules but a lot of clients are gonna ask you what's your rate they're gonna say what's your rate and to that you can answer literally whatever you want but make sure that you're not overpricing yourself i think when i first started i was underpricing myself i was like i don't know i'll do anything for like 10 bucks <laughs> because i wanted experience and i wanted to do stuff i mean i feel like my tone is very like i'm experienced right now and in no way shape or form am i i am learning so much and i just feel like i want to share that with you guys if you're just starting out but as far as taxes go just do like research, look up um, 1099s because you're going to be self-employed and contractors like you can write a bunch of write a bunch of things off. Like, for example, if you do graphic design, you can write off like Adobe, you can write off your computer, you can write off like the office space you work in, you can write off like literally whatever you want. And you can probably honestly write off your coffee. Like, I'm serious. Um, You can just do all that stuff because, you know, they're going to charge you and you're going to have to pay. But you know, it's really up to you and the client how you want to do things. And yeah, I just think if you're going to write a contract, if you're going to go through taxes, like they usually have you fill out, like I think it's a W-2 and then you have to fill out a 1099 for your own game. But just make sure you establish that at the beginning of the relationship. And as far as payment goes, make sure you invoice your client at least two weeks before you expect the payment to be due. Um, I learned this the hard way. Okay, next point develop a routine so whether it's a weekly call with your client or whether it's a monthly call a daily call whatever it is you want to be in communication with your client figure that out next point because i'm running out of time always look to grow so for example something that i would love to do is learn website design yes i took computer science in college yes i got a c okay i just didn't care but i think that if I took the Squarespace I Love Creatives course, I would learn how to make my website better and therefore have like an asset to show as a portfolio. Like, oh, you want your website to look at my like look like mine? Uh, hire me. And uh, number two, because it's yes, it's a more time consuming project to make a website, but also like usually people pay like a couple hundred bucks, a couple thousand bucks. Honestly, I've heard of websites being like designed for like $10,000 before. Obviously, that's like with great skill. But I feel like if I'm just starting out, I could totally charge like 500 bucks to make a website, which is like so good. You know what I mean? So it's so worth growing to the point. So the course is the example. Always look to be growing. Social media. I follow so many accounts on Instagram that are like, uh, you know, 
what is it what do they call pr manifesto homemade social i'm forgetting like the number one create and cultivate there's one that i like oh the social media ceo all these accounts help me so much and they tell me things i should know about my industry they're telling me um what do they tell they tell like oh the algorithms change instagram's pushing reels these week uh, I don't know if any of that's real. I honestly am like the worst social media manager in the world, but I don't know. Like I, I think it's important because, okay, listen. So if you are a CEO of a company of, you know, ABC news, you are going to want to spend 15 minutes in the morning reading about all of the other companies. You're going to want to know about Fox. You're going to want to want know about CNN. You're going to want to know about NBC. So I think it's really important for somebody who is a social media manager to know about like the the content you're like using. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, if you are in production, you're, I don't know. You don't know what I'm talking about. I don't need to explain it. You know what I'm talking about. You just want to know that you have uh, the knowledge of what's going on in your industry. That's what I mean. So spend a few minutes in the morning, like looking at what's up, you know? Also, especially with social media, like and TikTok and stuff, like, uh you don't get carried away but scrolling could be research okay last point remember you're in control and this is of your freelance journey and this is of your life and this is of your relationship with your client when i when it comes to your freelance journey freelance journey do i have a speech impediment can you be honest with me do i see my r's right r freelance journey i don't know Okay, so when it comes to your freelance journey, um, you can quit at any time. And that's why I say don't quit your day job. Because it is not something you're locked into, and that's kind of the luxury of it. I mean, a lot of people do it in L.A. because they're secretly wanting to be an actress or a singer, a.k.a. me. And so they're freelancing because that gives them the flexibility to go on set at 4 p.m. at the will call of some white man. You know what I mean? So it's just like, make sure that like you are okay with like being disposable as well because clients who, especially if you don't have a contract, which you should if you're a contractor, obviously, but it's kind of at their will, you know, they're hiring you, they can fire you. It's just like any other employer. So that's what that in life. Remember, like you can change if you're, for example, right now I'm doing social media management for freelance. And of course, like I want to keep my clients because I'm obsessed with them. But if you wanted to change to, like, let's say if I wanted to do website design, I could like wheedle my way through. You know, you can change your passion. If I wanted to do freelance for like making beats, I could do that, <laughs> you know? So it's just like, find like what you want to do and if it if it's something you get tired of you can change that isn't that exciting it's what a thrill um and then lastly of your finances and of your i forget what my other point is more of the stories this is everything on how to become a freelancer i need to go because i started air one tomorrow and i need to do a week's worth of work like right now so let me know if you have any questions I'm also totally down to help you out. Like literally at the point of my podcast right now, if you have any questions, I will give you my personal phone number and you can call me because the thing is I have been helped by so many people throughout this journey. My clients, 
my mentors, my peers, my friends, like, like I mentioned in the beginning, my parents didn't really know. They're just like, go do it. They didn't, they're just like, if you're paying your rent, that's okay. Like, we don't really care how. (laughs) And, um, yeah, like it's been such a blessing to learn from people and to grow, Um, and I can't wait to see where I'm at in five years. And I've always gotten down myself because I'm like, I didn't want to be a social media manager when I grew up. Like, why am I doing this? It seems kind of pointless, but I mean, I couldn't imagine doing anything differently. And I just think it's important to know your goals, you know, write them down. If you want to be making a certain amount of money, or if you want to be working with a certain client or taking on a certain type of project, write them down. Think about that when you lose sight and just keep going. It can be really hard to be disciplined throughout the day if you're a freelancer. Why can't I say that word? That's so frustrating. Frustrating. At least I'm not like, it's so frustrating. Okay, I'm going to go before I start making fun of people. Okay, bye.